take the uh, last few minutes just to remind us of the one thing that we just need to be reminded of over and over and over and over and over again, and that is to keep our eyes and our hearts fixed on Jesus. Uh, no matter what's going on around us, to keep our eyes and our hearts fixed on, on Jesus. There's a story in the Old Testament. This is uh, about King Jehoshaphat. He was doing his kingly stuff, whatever that was that day, doing his kingly business. And it says some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom and from the other side of the Dead Sea. And it wasn't just you know, one army, it was actually three armies that pooled together to come and, and defeat Jehoshaphat. Alarmed, of course, uh, I would be too. I think we all be very anxious and knowing, because uh, he knew there was no chance on his end. Uh, he was outnumbered, he, he was outpowered. And so he hears this horrible news, so he's alarmed. And it says, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. And, and they all did the right thing. Uh, they put their, their, their hearts and their faces and their prayers towards God for help. And if you're in a spot today where it just seems hopeless, uh, put your hope in God. And they're praying and they're looking to him. And then Jehoshaphat gets up and he prays this amazing prayer. But part of this prayer, he says this. Uh, we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. And then he says this. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Amen. And there are times, I know in my life and I know in yours, that there are times we are just like, I actually just don't know what to do in a situation. Maybe a situation in your marriage where you're just like, I, I don't know what to do with this marriage. It's not going in the right direction. I just don't know what to do. It could be uh, in your finance, financial world where you, just, you don't know what to do. You seem to keep going more and more in debt and the bills keep piling up and then Fortis increases their rates or whatever and ICBC and you're just like, I just don't know what to do. Or maybe there's some theological issue you're wrestling with and it's just confusing and you're just like, I, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, maybe it's someone around you, uh, a son or a daughter or a loved one, and, and their life is falling apart and you just don't know how to help and you don't know what to do. Well, whenever you run into something that you just don't know what to do, you don't know the answer, then do the one thing that you know you should do, and that is put your eyes on Jesus. Uh, you put your eyes on God. And it's what Jehos Jehoshaphat says. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Because we know in God, there is help, there is hope, there is love, there is strength, there is provision. And so when we don't know what to do, we've got to do the one thing we know to do, and that is put our, our eyes on God. There's another story that's similar. Uh, another gal here who did not know what to do. And this is in the Gospels. It says, a large crowd followed and pressed around Jesus. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. Uh, this is with a medical condition. She did not know what to do. She went to every doctor she knew. She spent all her money. Now she is worse off than ever before since she suffered a lot of harm under these doctors, and, and she, she does not know what to do. But then she sees Jesus. 
And when you don't know what to do, you do the one thing you know to do, and that is you turn your heart and your eyes towards Jesus. And so she turns her heart and her eyes towards Jesus. And it says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. She didn't know what to do, but she looks at Jesus and all of a sudden the, the pieces begin to fall into place. And that, that, is, that tends to what happen, happens to us when we begin to look at, at Jesus. And this idea of, of just turning to Jesus is one of those things that all through the scripture... The Bible is constantly reminding of us that God is constantly, because if we're honest, often we get more focused on our problems than we do on God. We get fixed on our problems, and God always grabs our head when we're fixed at the problem. He turns us so we're looking at him, so that we're fixed on him. And all of a sudden, when we are fixed on God, our problems uh, tend to look a little bit differently. And so we see the call for the prophets of the Bible. It's often things like this. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And, and, and we tend to do this, is, is that we get focused on our problems, or, the, or we get focused on the world, and we get focused on all the issues in our life, and, and we're trying to, we're like a, a cracked cistern. We can't get life from that. But we can get life from the one who has living water. And so we keep our eyes fixed on God. We keep our hope fixed, fixed on him. And in, in Jeremiah, it goes on. And it says, this is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, this true rest that we are looking for in this life is not found by staring at our issues. It's not found by focusing in on the three armies coming our way. Rest in the storm is found when our eyes are on God. That's why Jesus could rest in the storm when others couldn't because his eyes were in the right spot and everybody else was looking at, I'm going to die in the storm. And, and yet we do that. We focus on the problem rather than fixing our eyes on God. One of the reasons we need to fix our eyes on him is because of this text, Colossians 1. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. He's the one who holds us together, and, and we were made for him. And, made, and, and this is why we look to him. Because if there's anyone who's going to help us, it's going to be this guy. It's not going to, we're not going to get a lot of help by focusing in on our problem and just trying to solve it with our own strength. That We've got to keep our eyes focused on him because he is the source of life, the source of love, the source of hope, the strength, the rest that we need in the storm. It is found in him, not by focusing on, on other things. As Psalm 42 says, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And again, it's what God is constantly doing with us, grabbing our head and turning it away from our problems towards him. Because our soul just longs for time in his presence. 
Our soul longs to just be absorbed by the love of God around us. I mean, this is what we're created for. Uh, we're created for him and by him, and he's the one who holds all things together. And this is where true life and strength is found. It's found in Jesus. And there's a guy in the Bible who tried to find life and strength and hope outside of God. And uh, he's the, the author of Ecclesiastes. And the whole book is, is this guy trying to find meaning and purpose and hope in a world uh, without God. And he tries all kinds of things. He says, you know, I, died, uh, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. When, uh, yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. And, and you see this phrase throughout the book of Ecclesiastes that, that everything's just meaningless. Uh, he tried everything. And, and by the way, he had money to do everything because uh, the guy who wrote it was Solomon. And it says that silver in his day was considered of little value in Solomon's day. Uh, he had more money to do anything. And he sought riches. He sought political power. He sought wives and sexual experiences and everything you could think of. Big building projects. And in the end, he's just, just like, this feels meaningless. But at the end of his book, he says this. Now all has been heard. I've tried everything. <laughs> Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. In other words, life, purpose, hope is actually found in fixing your eyes on God. And everything else flows from that. In fact, there's a sense in this book that when he would turn his eyes towards God, all of a sudden his work had meaning. Didn't have meaning outside of God, but when he put God, his work had meaning. All of a sudden, his relationships had meaning. All of a sudden, his kingdom had meaning because he was focused on God. Matthew 6 says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. In other words, fix your eyes on him. You don't know what to do? Fix your eyes on him. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all those scattered dots are more likely to come together. So to say, seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added to you as well. The, the Passion Translation uh, puts it this way. Above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. And often we get the wrong focus. We focus on the lesser things, hoping they're going to come together. When, when God says, no, you focus on me. And it's out of me because I hold all things together. This whole world, everything, I hold it together. I have power over everything. So it's when you focus on me that all the dots begin to come together into a beautiful painting and a beautiful picture. And this is what happened for King Jehoshaphat. Now, there was a prophet. And it says, that then the spirit of the Lord came to Jehazel. And he said this, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. When they fixed their eyes on God, the message was, this battle is actually not yours, but, but it's God's battle. Of course, that's the famous story that we're not getting into where they had the worshipers. They just started worshiping God, and victory was there. God, God fought the battle. And, and there are times when God does this, when we fix our eyes on him. I love this verse in Exodus 14. It says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. And, 
And I even have a sense that maybe this is a word for someone here today. That you've just been fighting in this battle and you're tired and you just can't do it anymore. And God is saying, the Lord's going to fight for you. You need to only be still. But you know, there are times in the Bible God says to fight. Uh, there are times in the, in the Bible where God says, you've got, you got to work with me. And so this is why you've got to keep your eyes on him because it's out of this relationship with God. Whether you know this battle belongs to God and just rest. Or whether you're going to have to join God in the fight. But either way, it flows from this relationship and this intimacy uh, with, with God the Father. Uh, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Or Psalm 116, 7, return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. And if you're here and your soul is not at rest, then this is God's word to you. Return to rest, my soul. God is grabbing your head and your heart, and he wants to take it off your problems and turn it towards him to the one who holds all things together. If you don't know what to do, and do the one thing you know to do. Fix your eyes on him. So Father, we pray you would help us to seek first your kingdom. God, we ask that you would get our eyes off the, the difficulties and the stressors in our life and just that we would focus on you. God, I pray that we would learn to be like Jesus, to rest in the storm. Not because I'm capable within myself, but because we are with you the one who holds all things together. So God, we thank you for your work in our lives. We thank you that you are good. We thank you for your incredible, amazing, mind-blowing love that you have for us. And we look to you in Jesus' name.